He's preparing us for that eternal hope. It takes a lifetime on earth to be prepared for it. And, and through the fire of the trials, God is always there. And so I'm just so thankful that God is always there and always with me through pain and heartache and all of those things. He brought me hope when I needed it. Through all of that, there is hope. Something has been reserved in heaven for us. The world tells us that hope comes from an expectation that something good is going to happen. If that's true, how can a wife have hope when her marriage is failing? You see, we need a hope that anchors itself in something beyond this world of suffering. We need a living hope that flows to us despite the difficult circumstances of this life. Today, Kathy Gallagher is back with us to talk about the true hope of all believers, and she helps us to see how to anchor ourselves in it. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. This mini-series for wives has been built around the themes of faith, love, and hope. And if you look in the New Testament, you'll often find these three things together. Now, before we get into the interview with Kathy, Alexander McLaren had some excellent thoughts on the importance of faith, love, and hope, which I want to share with you. He saw these three graces as foundations of Christianity, purposely laid out in order, each one building off of the other. The first is faith, trust in God, and it's the basis of everything. We can't have any life in God if we don't have faith in him. Now, out of faith grows love, as we see how much God loves us. It is love for God and love for others, and these two are inseparable. And from these two flows the wonderful grace of hope. You could think of hope this way. It is a loving faith in Jesus directed toward the future. As you listen to Kathy speak about hope, just remember, everything she has to say about hope is just one piece of this larger whole. Now, because of this, if you haven't listened to the other two episodes, please do so as soon as possible. Okay, all right, enough talking. So, Kathy, the Apostle Peter wrote that we have been born again to a living hope. Can you talk about what that means to you? Do you have three or four days? Um, (laughs) It means, amongst other things, that I'm no longer a child of wrath, that I've been transferred out of darkness and into his glorious light, that I have a hope that is living, it's alive, it's real, Mm -hmm. because Jesus rose from the grave. Mm -hmm. It's an eternal hope reserved for me in heaven. It's waiting in heaven for me. Um, That it's a reminder of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Something is waiting for me. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's eternal. It's in the heavens. Mm -hmm. So... This living hope is a very powerful thing to anchor ourselves to. Yeah, and that's the thing that's really 
interesting because um, we are focusing on we're really trying to to give women um, who are listening something that can carry them through the devastation of a of a husband who's in sexual sin. And David Guzik said, we're born again to a living hope because we have eternal life and a Savior who has conquered death himself. Mm. The hope lives because it's set on an inheritance incorruptible, which can never fade away because it is reserved in heaven. This is a significant contrast to any inheritance on this earth. And that's exactly what you were saying. You were saying that the thing that we have in God is unchangeable and it's unshakable and that our our hope can have something solid in that place because it can't be touched. But it's for us, when we're in the middle of trials, sometimes the this hope it it just seems unreal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so then we are shaken. Yeah. Why Why is it that when we're in the middle of trials, our hope seems to fade? Well, you know, God knows us. He knows who we are, and he knows what we're like, and he knows our fallen condition. And I think that the trials, one of the purposes for trials is to burn away the dross that's in us. And the dross mm-hmm. is that we are very much in love with our lives in this world. Mm. Um, And I think what we face when we stand before him, he's preparing us to face that. He's preparing us for that eternal hope. And Mm. it takes a lifetime on earth to be prepared for it. We don't just, you know, I think we tend to have a very shallow idea of um, this great salvation. Um, Mm. But there is so much to it and about it that we, we, I don't think we'll ever know on earth what the inheritance, the salvation is. Mm. And um, my husband has said many times about, he's talked about that this life is a, it's probationary. Yeah. It's, it's a testing ground. And I, I really do believe that. And the older I get, the more I see the wisdom of God in that. Um because he is, he is perfecting us. He is purging us. He is purifying us. But he's also given us hope that through all of that, there is hope. It's something has been reserved in heaven for us. It's waiting for us. It's, mm. it's the anchor for our soul. But when you're so entwined and twisted in the things of this world and life here, the things, eternal things just seem so far away and such yeah. a long way off. And you really have to rein yourself in and remind yourself. Again, mm. that's an, the reason, one more reason why we should be in the Word of God, because it is our link to heaven, to the kingdom of God um, yeah. and the king of that kingdom. So mm-hmm. it's just... Yeah, it's it is a battle. This life is such a battle whether your husband's in sexual sin or not. Mm. It is a struggle to walk this way. I always think about Pilgrim's Progress and the journey that that man went on and mm. um the dream that he had. Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful depiction of what it's like going through this life. 
When we taped our World of Lies series back in the summer, uh, Pastor Steve talked about how obedience here, it's almost like what, what you were talking about, obeying in light of that hope that we have, that it creates something in us. It's deepening our capacity to experience God both here and in heaven. And so what he said was the greater our, our level of obedience here, even when that includes suffering, the greater our joy will be for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get your take on that. Yeah, I agree with him. I, I think that's true. I think, you know, when we, when we persevere and we go through our trials in a godly way and in the best way we can, as we grow, you know, the mm. Lord is, he's not ignorant of where we're at in our timeline or where we're at in our maturity level. And mm. all of that is in front of him. He understands that way better than we do. But mm. the, the testings, the testings of our faith are precious to him. And he knows how to keep leading us through and I believe that he is expanding in us through the fiery trials, our capacity, not only to obey, but our capacity to love him. Mm. Um, and it's such an important part of the faith of, the, of being a Christian is yielding to the process instead of mm. bringing our earthly minded wisdom um, to bear on our circumstances learning how to run to the word of God and his wisdom, how to go through the trials. And if you're paying attention, if you really, if your heart is really open and you start looking in the word of God, there is so much in the new Testament about suffering. There is a lot in there about endurance. There's a lot in there about perseverance. And if you really press into that, you you what you see you get to the end of the life of a peter or a paul mm. how they died they died in faith they had their faith was powerful at the end peter was crucified upside down he knew 3 days before that happened that it was going to happen and he was in praise and adoration of god well all those 30 mm. years leading up to that increased his capacity for faith, for love and obedience. And he was Mm. ready. He was Mm. ready to meet the king. Mm. But we just have this superficial idea that everything should be hunky-dory here, and then we get whisked off to heaven. And we shouldn't have to suffer. We shouldn't have to have trials. And that is just such a, what a very disappointing God and gospel we have if that's all we want. Mm. You know, listening to you talk about that kind of thing, people don't talk about suffer- the, the need for suffering or the importance of suffering without having seen the real value of it and mm-hmm. having been weaned off of this world in a lot of ways. But I, you're still in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, are you like when things come up, when trials come, are you still tempted to put your hope in things that can be shaken? Of course. Yeah, it's it's second nature. Mm. Um, it's just, it is the makeup of being fallen. 
Mm. Not necessarily being human, but being a fallen human being. Mm. Um, Everything in my nature, to be honest, this is going to sound horrible. I apologize out ahead for people that cannot endure this. But I, in myself, am more like the devil than I am like God. And that is the journey. Um, That is the process. I'm not saying I'm Satan. Please don't take that and do something weird with it. I'm yeah. <laughs> just saying that I'm fallen and I do what is in my nature to do. Um, and I do trust, I at times trust in shakable things, but that's not what I want. That's not mm-hmm. my heart. I, I want to trust in the Lord with all my heart and to not lean on my own understanding, mm. but acknowledge him in all my ways. And let him direct my paths. That's what I want. I want that's the motion of my heart. That's the the path that my heart, I set my heart on that path. Hmm. Yeah, I. one of the things that I've really struggled to come to grips with is that in myself, I am no better off than I was 12 years ago when I first came to know the Lord. There's literally no difference between my fallen nature now and then. And without Jesus, I'll be the exact same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've never improved. You know, that is that can be difficult um, to come to grips with. But at the same time, when you realize that this isn't really up to you, this Christian journey Mm. isn't all on your shoulders and it's not all hinging on you. Mm -hmm. There is real liberty. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord is, even though you say that you're still the same person you were 12 years ago, in my flesh dwells no good thing. Paul mm-hmm. said that after 30 years with the Lord. And you've heard many saints, uh, saints that have been walking with God. In fact, this has been my experience in my life. And older saints that have gone before me said the same thing. I'm the same person I was when he saved me. But I'm being conformed to his mm-hmm. image. And God, mm-hmm. God is not going to redeem my flesh. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get better. It's not going to improve. But I am becoming like him, and it's my nature. We have part of the inheritance, I believe, is that we've, we are receiving his glorious nature. Amen. And we are being changed. You are, in that sense, Nate, not the same man. Mm-hmm. You don't look the same. You don't talk the same. You don't think the same. You are being conformed. And that is what's happening to all of us who love mm-hmm. him, who obey and follow. We are being changed into his mm-hmm. likeness. And that is hopeful. My flesh yeah. isn't going to be redeemed, right. but my spirit is being redeemed. Amen. Let's transition now. Um, what stands out to me, you've already talked about it a lot, is that when we um, when we talk about hope, it's commonly connected to patient endurance. And I want to talk about patience for a minute. 
Psalm 37 says that we should be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him and fret not over the man who carries out evil devices. And, you know, it's just, it's in us that when we look at a scripture like that, we say, okay, I'm going to wait for the Lord because if I do, then things are going to go exactly the way I want. Hmm. It's like this input-output thing. I put in my quarter and out comes the, you know, tasty, disgusting vending machine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, And I... I don't think that's really what we should see in a verse like that. What right. would you say to a wife who takes hold of a scripture and just kind of fills in the blanks like, okay, if I do this, then I'm going to get exactly what I'm looking for in life? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up, and I have talked about it quite a bit. Um, and anybody that is filling in the blanks with what she's hoping will happen using the scriptures to, Mm -hmm. you know, you just yank something out of its context and plop it down on your situation. Now I will say this, first of all, that the Lord does bless us through his word. He will, he will give us a, a verse that will encourage us. And so I don't want to discount that because his word is a fountain of life. And, Mm. and I have been greatly helped by the Lord, but we have a terrible habit of, again, I keep going back to sound like a broken record, but um, if we do not get into the Word of God and study it, we will copy and paste, we will cut and paste um, scriptures and and get this ideal in our mind that what we're supposed to get from God. And it's a distortion of the scriptures, um, I've done that. I We've all done that as Christians mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, misunderstood and been so disappointed in the Lord because he didn't do things the way we cut and pasted them. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. come on, Lord, get with the program. This is what your word says. I've I got mm. this one verse out of 66 books in the Bible, and I pinned mm. everything on that verse. Well, mm. It doesn't work like that, and it's a very immature way to approach the Word of God. And I, I understand a new believer having that, that, that zeal and that enthusiasm and that just having those mm. moments with the mm. Word of God is such a thrill when the Lord uses the Bible to encourage us that way. But you have to grow, and you have to get off the milk and get on meat. And that mm. is learning how to accurately handle the word of truth. You have to do that or you're not mm-hmm. going to be grounded and solid in his word. So I don't, I don't treat the Bible like a medicine chest. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't go looking for a verse a day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I used to, but I quit doing that because of what I'm talking about, the disappointment, because you mm. get it in your head that, this is the way it's going to be for me. And it doesn't go that way at all. Um, So, you know, if you're, if you have pain and you go to God's medicine chest and you start searching for a pain reliever, that is such a sentimental approach to the word of God. And it's not really going to, it's not going to be much help. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, I know you. And so I just, want to underscore that I know you're not saying that out of, um, 
you're not looking down on women. You're mm-hmm. just explaining from your own testimony, like, I would save you from the pain and disappointment of years of handling the word that way, and I would go a different route. It would just save you t- a lot of time mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and pain. Yeah, and I hope it, it does. I hope it's not coming across as impatient or self-righteous. I'm just. It is an appeal to just keep hammering away how important it is to to make the word of God a priority in your life. Mm-hmm. To find out, you know, the Bible is not magic, and but this is what it is. It is the revelation of who God is. He is showing Mm -hmm. us who he is and what he's like. And that is what we need more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And it just is such a treasure. We have Mm -hmm. such a treasure in the word of God, but it, you know, so when you go to the Bible medicine cabinet for a daily fix, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, but I, it is, you're not going to find what you need in the long term yeah. by doing that. You need to yeah. know the whole counsel of God. So, yeah. yeah. When we talk about hope, I know one thing that has undermined the hope at times for me is when I'm just trying to do all of this in my own strength. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering. Do you find that wives try to do that a lot? Like she wants to do the right thing. She wants to obey the Lord, but she isn't really – she's not trusting him. Um, mm. Do you find that that happens? How do you know when that's happening and how, and how do you bring correction? Well, the Lord knows her heart and he knows those who belong to him and he knows how to help her pass this way. And it's natural for us to do this in our own strength. In fact, it's <laughs> – we start off with that. We do everything in our own strength. And mm. uh, it takes time to figure out how to trust in the Lord. You know, what does that actually mean in real life and, mm-hmm, you know, real mm-hmm. time? What does it mean to do that? So, to be honest, there's really no quick way to get through the suffering and the loss. There's, it's mm. just, there's no easy way to do it. And I, yeah. I think about the lady who pressed through that crowd and to touch mm. the hem of Jesus' garment, mm. it was that one act of faith um, that came after many, many years of tremendous suffering, mm. the loss of everything she had, the depression, and all that went with being unclean in a certain way. Yeah. Um, so when she came to the end of herself and her own resources— then she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And it's that way for us. It's very much that way for us. We don't get everything we need all at once. It comes to us bit by bit. And the suffering causes us to really come to know the Lord. We don't like it. We will fight it <laughs> tooth and nail. Mm. But it is... It is that uh, reaching out when you're so tired, when you're so worn out from doing it in your own strength, when you you just don't know what else there is to do. I can't do this anymore. When you throw your yeah. hands up and say, yeah. I cannot 
do this anymore. But you say that in faith. Mm -hmm. That's when God comes in. Mm. That's when you're going to get healed. Not healed of the suffering and the loss and the pain and all that. But there is something that comes into that soul that is from God that gives you what you need. I cannot put words to it. I, I struggle to describe. That was my experience. I couldn't do it anymore. I mm -hmm. could not handle what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And I just was crawling on the ground, so to speak, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And I just, I told the Lord in just agony, I can't do this. You have to help me. Mm -hmm. And that's when he came in and he gave me powerful grace. Mm -hmm. It was powerful grace. And that's what he wants for his for his children, especially for ladies that are listening, that are just so broken. He just wants you to surrender and give up and trust. Really put all your trust in him. And it again, you know, none of this happens in one fell swoop. It is such a journey. But there are milestones I can look back on in my life. And it it's always connected. I know a lot of people won't like to hear this. But it's usually always connected with brokenness and, and coming to an end of me. And that's when the Holy Spirit really comes in and just gives me the grace and the power to live, to let Jesus live out his life through me. Nearly every Christian who desires to grow in faith, love, and hope is at some point going to come to a kind of crisis where they realize, I cannot live the Christian life in my own strength. Ken Larkin is one of our counselors, and in a chapel service, he talked about his own struggles in this area and what brought him into a deeper reality of his living hope. I just want to publicly thank God for the cross tonight. You know, we sang about the cross. I, uh, I was a man, I had no hope whatsoever. And because of the cross, I have a living hope tonight. And I want to thank God for that. I just wanted to share uh, something the Lord's been doing in my life, really, for a couple decades now. Um, it takes a while for me to get things. But recently, he's really honed in on it. Um, when I was in Bible school over 20 years ago, someone gave me this, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. Someone says, thus says the Lord. But they just gave me a scripture. They, they believed the Lord impressed it upon their heart to give it to me. And now I see it, it was the Lord, but I wasn't in a place to receive it at that time. And it's very simple. It's in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And for me, I've always tried to do it in my own strength, even after becoming a Christian. And I even was deceived to think that God wanted me to do it myself. And when I failed, like Jesus promised we would, apart from me, you can do nothing, I would condemn myself. And I remember several years ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart that scripture, the just shall live by faith. And it's almost comical now because Anytime I'm in a tight spot and I'm exasperated, I don't know what to do. I'm, I cry out to God, even in my heart, what do I do? What do I do now? And it's rhetorical now. Just believe. <laughs> Just believe me. And then I, I went on vacation uh, the beginning of the month. 
and they had a little library in a chalet where we were staying. And I was looking through a few books and the common theme kept coming up, trust, trust, trust me. And then he talked about the idea of having trust in God without any props. You don't need to have something bolster up that trust, like God does something that you can tangibly get a hold of or something that you can see or understand, but simply trusting God because of his nature and his character and who he is and what he's promised in his word. And then the idea of reckless abandonment to that trust. And the Lord's been dealing with me on that. And I remember a little while back, I was frantic. I was just just consumed with my thoughts and just, just racing. And I'm, I'm crying out to God and I'm, I'm praying. And I was prayer worrying, I think, more than prayer worrying. I was just making the problem worse. And I felt like God just said, stop. So I stopped praying and like 90% of my turmoil went away right away because I was making the problem bigger than God. You know, the Lord is showing me all I need to do is rest in the finished work of the cross, not just for the condemnation thing. I'm going to heaven, thank God, but for the actual working out of that salvation within me. It's not me anyway. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And it's one thing to know what the scripture says, but when God makes it real in your life, it makes all the difference in the world. And that is becoming real to me, that I have a heavenly father, I have Jesus, my savior, I have the Holy Spirit living within me. And all I have to do is acknowledge him and yield to him and just rest in him. And I love uh, Psalm 46.10, be still and know I am God. I like the New American Standard, it says cease striving. And striving is italicized, it really just says cease, just stop. I'm God, I've got your back, I'm going to do it. Don't try to do in the flesh what, you know, what only I can do in the spirit. You know, Paul said that, have begun in the flesh, are you now being made perfect? You know, are you now attaining your goal through human effort? And that's my life, I've always tried to do it and I wonder why I fail. Remember when I was in school, my professor said a pretty cool thing, Romans 7, he said, I, 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 you know, it's always, I try to do it, I fail, I try to do this, I fail, I don't do what I should, I, I'm doing what I shouldn't do. And Romans 8 is all about the Holy Spirit. So he said, seven is, I try, I fail. Eight is, I trust, he succeeds. And the Lord is making that real in me, and it's, I'm coming into a freedom like I've never had before. I've only scratched the surface, and it's already glorious. So I know it's only going to get better, and I just thank God for that. What mother is prepared to watch her little child suffer with stage four cancer? And what wife is ever prepared to catch her husband in an adulterous affair? Aaron Wilson experienced both of these things within five years. If you listened to our Thanksgiving episode, you heard her talk about little Vivian's battle with cancer, and she powerfully testified about how gratitude and worship carried them through that terribly difficult time. Today, we'll hear the rest of her story. Eight and a half years ago, I was just blindsided when my husband's sexual sin first came exposed. It was just excruciating through a couple years, just trying to live through and work things out on our own um, to find out his sin was way deeper than I could ever imagine. Um, So I had so much anger and bitterness that had grown in my heart. I could only get free from the Lord. The pain that I had accumulated and stuffed for so many years 
needed to just come out and I didn't know how to get that out in a healthy way. I, um, I was going to explode. I really wanted my husband to feel the pain and the revenge and get revenge on him. I remember a specific incident um, in my car where I just couldn't take it anymore. I had to get it out and I didn't know what to do with it. But my first instinct was revenge. I wanted to call Scott and tell him how I felt and all the pain that he put me through. My God's praise he didn't answer the phone when I called several times. And uh, the Lord just met me in that instant. I was led to prayer. Um, and I just remember I couldn't even breathe. I was in so much pain and heartache. And I wanted Scott to feel the same pain that I felt, if not more. And so I just cried out to the Lord in my car. I cried out to Jesus, take the pain away. I can't do this anymore. And in an instant, like a light switch, the presence of God's peace just came over me. And I just stopped crying. I could breathe again. I was just in awe of what just happened. And then just tears of joy and gratitude came to me because um, the Lord Jesus answered my cries and he took the pain away in that instant. From that moment on, I knew that the Lord was with me. It was, God became so real to me in that instant. And as the days and weeks went on where, while we were trying to search for healing and redemption in our marriage uh, before my husband even went to Pure Life, I still had the pain and anger um, inside of me. It didn't go away, just in that in, in that instant it did, but I felt like the Lord was really revealing it was going to continue until I dealt with unforgiveness. So I battled out in my mind again with the Lord and trying to forgive my husband. I knew that I was called to do that, but I didn't know how to say that and really mean it because I wasn't feeling that. And so I continued to pray and ask the Lord to reveal that to me. And he did. Um, he opened my eyes to Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross for me and, and allowed me to forgive my husband. Now, doing that work in my heart, but actually taking the leap of faith and telling my husband that I forgive him was another thing. It was just a battle of, again. Um, I specifically remember after the first visit to visit my husband at Pure Life, I was battling in my head that I, I know I should forgive him, but I really didn't want to because I felt like he didn't deserve it. And I wanted to make him feel the pain and kind of stew in it longer. But I I felt the Lord was still pressing on me to forgive him. The time came for me to leave and I left on, and was headed on my way home. And the Lord's still pressing on my heart. A song came on the radio of forgiveness. And by God's grace, I turned the car around and went back and found my husband in the chapel. And I was able to tell him that because of Jesus, I could forgive him fully. And I'm just so thankful that the Lord allowed me the grace to walk in obedience 
to what he was doing that allowed me to hear his voice um, in both of those situations. Because not only did he start to heal my heart through that, but he broke off the torment that was going on in my mind of flashbacks and images and things that I just couldn't get out of my head anymore and took it away. And there was a softening in my heart and a love started to grow for my husband. And um, I believe it broke something off in the spiritual realm of just forgiving my husband, allowing the Lord to work in my husband's heart because God did a mighty work in his heart um, over the next couple of months after that. And I'm just so thankful for how God hears our cries and, and through the fire of the trials, God is always there. And so I'm just so thankful that God is always there and always with me um, through pain and heartache and all of those things. Um, he was my peace, he was my comforter. He brought me hope when I needed it. Um, and just, he just uses the trials. <laughs> In, um, and brings good out of it. And he grows our faith. And I'm so thankful that the Lord has grown my faith in him to be trusted because I needed it later on. Um, three years later, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, first daughter Vivian, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And had I not walked through some hard times with the Lord and knew that He was faithful and knew just in my heart His mercy and His strength, um, I wouldn't have been able to walk through uh, our daughter's journey of cancer. Um, just in a healthy way. In in the journey, there was so much fear that that rose up in my mind. I battled fear a lot, just um, in so many things. Our biggest battle was um, what the Lord was teaching us and what my husband kept reiterating is, we are going to thank God and praise God through this, no matter what our eyes see. And, and that's what we did. Um, as, as our daughter went into her first round of surgery, uh, we just went to the chapel and praised God and thanked God. And when we did that and we just surrendered our daughter to Him and all of our fears and all of our, all of our questions, we just surrendered those things to the Lord and we praised Him and we thanked Him and just the Lord's presence just came and lifted the fears, lifted the burdens. And so from early on, we, we felt God bless us in those moments of just praise and worship and thankfulness um, toward Him that we continued to go back to that. When fear would rise up in, in other stands, we would just go back to, we're going to praise God. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. We're going to give our fears to Him. We are surrendering it all. 
and he continued to show up and lift those things so we could walk through this journey with our daughter with joy and with peace that didn't make any sense. Um, and we're just so, so thankful for how God has just met us time after time um, through these trials. Whatever the situation was that we entered into, I'm just thankful for how the Lord has taught me really that the end of me was the beginning of God. I learned that um, through each situation. The end of myself surrendering my ways, my thoughts, my feelings to the Lord was really just the tip of God beginning to work in, in and through me and through the situation. Um, and I'm just really thankful for His faithfulness and His mercy and grace over our lives. And um, we just continue to thank Him and give Him all the glory. If you haven't picked up on it already, we talk about studying the Bible a lot here. And that's because Pastor Steve, Kathy, myself, and many others, we've all seen that having a daily connection with God is what breaks the bondage of sin in our heart. It's the power of God that changes the trials of life into blessings. And the bare fact is that we won't experience this unless we spend time with him. When we take the time to look at his character in the word, faith begins to spring up because we see that he is so trustworthy and this knowledge gives birth to love, both for him and for others. And this love enables us to see right through the lies and the pleasures of this world and our hearts begin to gaze into the beauty of that eternal realm of hope. May we all value Christ enough to sacrifice whatever is needed to walk with him. And may faith, hope, and love grow in your hearts so that you find great rest and comfort in Jesus. That's all for this week's episode. We'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.